Charlotte Soccer Show. John Hayes, Danny Brams. Sunday evening, we're, we're live here on YouTube, and it's great to see you, Danny. Great to be seen, John. Uh, something new. Something new. A, a historic day for Charlotte FC and Crown Legacy FC playing their inaugural match. And history for the Charlotte Soccer Show here in episode number 75. Uh, we are live on YouTube. Pretty cool. Good to see you, man. It's a 1-1 draw. And I've got a, a ton to talk to you about after this match on oh, yeah. Saturday night. Enzo Capetti, a huge talking point. Nathan Byrne, I mean, right right in front of you, Danny. I mean, he he had to do that the right Burn in man. front of you after and, the and rant. It, so you know. Been on, on this show. I always go to, yeah, exactly. And I always go down to the Lowe's tap room uh, in the 42nd minute. I, 42 is like my one of my favorite numbers based on uh, the Hitchhiker's Guide to the Galaxy. Uh, it's the answer to life, the universe, and everything. If you know that, if you know, you know. Uh, so 42, I love. So I always go down and like, get my beer early in the 42nd minute. It's kind of a, my personal ritual. And I'm on the steps. <laughs> I'm like walking down the steps, you know, to like to start that track. And it happened when I, was, when I was like on the landing, like looking out over the field, it happened right in front of me. And you, you, you're the one that tweeted that from uh, at for the crown baby, our show account. But uh, you, I don't know how you knew. Cause it literally happened right in front of me. Uh, utterly insane. And I, I thought it like, I was like, that is a fucking foul, man. Like, come on. <laughs> uh, he, he burn just got out muscled, man. He like, when, yeah. when you watch it back, he just bounced off. I'm like, he bounced like off a pinball him. machine. And uh, yeah, we're not gonna we're not, we're not gonna look at that. But what we what we want to do is we want to see some comments. We want to um, uh, talk to some folks. What's up, uh, Matthew Barbie in the house? Uh, cheers to you, uh, Greg Frank- Franco in the house as well. Appreciate y'all I love watching it. live. Elevation Jones got first. That's great. I always whenever I jump on any live stream, by the way, even if I'm not first, I always comment first. So I love I love to see that tradition yeah. that you know that internet tradition continue. Great job. It's our first two comments on a live stream, so you got to share them. That's that's yeah, how this works. Exactly. That's, that's how this works. My my number one topic this evening, Danny, uh, to to chat with you about is yeah. Enzo Capetti. He, in my opinion, is the lightning rod player of the fan base. I would I would rank him maybe one A and one B with Christian Latanzio, and I put Christian Latanzio as maybe number two on that list. And uh, it's 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 a huge it it's a huge conversation where do you stand where do you stand on enzo competti do you his antics last night <laughs> stood out right right and he stands out it, it, and and charlotte fc doesn't score a goal without him because if you look back at the own goal the reason why there was an own goal because competti had a sitter and was about to finish uh a goal that's why the defender had no other choice besides mm-hmm. to put it in his own net so like in my mind it's a competitive goal last night and oh yeah, yeah that, that, antics... the, the uh the own goal 100 percent competitive was there for the tap in you know that was a beautiful play yeah we'll talk about that later right. i totally agree with you there yeah I, I, no, that so... won't count in a stat sheet but i i bef- trust enzo would have finished that for sure so what, what's your takeaway there's he's he's a lightning rodder in the fan base right now because his antics last night on the pitch were uh, undeniably one of the stars of the occasion. The conversation right. with the ref, it's right? Yeah. His his um, asking for fouls, staying down on the pitch, and there was a lot mm-hmm. of conversation last night amongst fans, and appropriately so, about the New York Red Bulls. I thought that one of the most ridiculous things about the match, Danny, was that there was only five minutes of added time. There was a good yeah. ten minute window. 
yes. from the from yes. 55 until 65 where there was literally maybe 90 seconds of play there's mm-hmm. seven extra time extra minutes right there mm-hmm. alone and I, I said before we went into that extra time i said hey if there's if this is anything less than six that's pretty egregious and it was five um yeah. you know I, I thought charlotte fc got a raw deal on on saturday night i thought it should have been a 2-1 win and uh you know credit to, to new york red bulls for being the 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 bastards that they are the shithouse kings can i just say you know yeah yeah yeah. that's what they do fuck them yeah yeah exactly bring it on they they really pissed me off man they they're constantly fouling they pissed me off more on the rewatch probably even than when i was able to see from the stands like i watched the game back again this morning and i was like god these guys just pissed me off so so bad uh and I don't know. I think Enzo, to get to the topic, though, that you asked about, Enzo is like, he's going to drive me to drinking, man. What can I say? I'm drinking. I'm back. I'm back on the Malbec now, you know, speaking of, of everyone's favorite Argentinian. And uh, oh, it's a nice uh, Malbec, the the red on a Sunday evening. Yeah. Yeah. The the, uh, the eccentric uh, from Argentina. Pretty good. Uh, pretty, pretty spicy. Uh, <laughs> I got to say. But uh, just like Enzo, I mean, it's it's every single time. I really that's again goes back to my rewatch, like watching him just be so animated toward the ref all the time. To me, it just like it that puts you in a bad position with the refs. That's why I just think it's like not very strategic. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think you you get that boy who cried wolf effect. We brought it up on before and it's like. Man, they are not going to give you anything if you're asking for everything. You know, it's like if that makes sense. Like, let's be judicious here and let, let's try to work these refs a little more in terms of uh, using timing of when you have to, an outburst that like actually means something. I, I don't know. It's just like when it's over and over and over again. I'm not going to criticize him as, as like if that's how he he is. That's who who, who he is. I mean, I, I I'm not. I'm just saying it doesn't work. That's all. I'm just saying it doesn't work. Uh, I and like it, this it, comment uh, from Jonathan. Danny, I love this comment. Tough to watch that first half. And I agree. Walk away believing that Charlotte FC deserved a win. But yeah, Red Bull's antics were embarrassing. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about that first half. That's why I wanted to bring up that yeah. comment. Right? Because yeah, tail two uh, the, the first half um, was a lot of Charlotte FC possession, Danny. Mm-hmm. But, it, but it was a lot of meaningless possession. Yeah. The possession in our own defensive third, pretty just you know passing yes. back and forth between the yes. uh, the back line for sure. Why does it have to be that way, and why does it take until late in the match to put a interest in going forward? A, a huge, I think, discussion point coming out of this match as well, Danny, is Vinny Mello. Vinny Mello uh, all of a sudden comes in and he changes the match drastically. Is yeah. what he did. Vinny Mello is somebody that uh, you have to think about as potentially a player that could inspire this team to go even uh, further up the table than we dreamed of to start the season at five or six. I've got no issues here with four points, Danny. Tell me about Vinny Mello. I'm feeling good on this Sunday night, man. Like this is, this is not a, this is not a heartbreaking draw. This is a, this is a, this is a pick up a point and move on with your life. Yeah. Oh, 100%. I, I actually totally agree with that that big picture that you're saying as far as unbeaten and crown jewel. That's why I, I had that as the as the title of the episode right. is because you, you, we didn't lose. That's one of the things. I texted some friends as I was walking out of the arena. We didn't lose. You know, like like that was kind of my my takeaway. And that that's that's progress, unfortunately, in a game that has seen right. two home losses before this already, in a season that's seen two home losses before this. But 
you talk about the last 10 minutes, you talk about Vinnie Mello uh, coming in, the original prince that was promised. Nice comment from Keegan McDowell there. I actually, that's funny that Keegan comments that because I thought that as well. I was like, man, we gave Enzo prince that was promised and maybe it was actually Vinnie the whole time. Uh, but uh, you know the old, uh, I think it's, I can't remember, I think it's a Saturday Night Live riff making fun of like Seinfeld type comedians. I don't think Jerry said this himself, but it's like a, it's like a quasi Seinfeldian riff of like, you know, why don't they make the whole plane out of the black box? You know, if the black box survives any crash, why don't they make the whole plane out of it? Like, if we don't play the the last 10 minutes, if we just played the way we did the last 10 minutes, then the whole game, then we would have won it going away, like three to one or something like that. So it's like that attacking verb in the final 10, 15 minutes, when Vinny came on, when Kerwin Vargas has the ball and is like in an attacking third, that was another big thing. And, you know, shout out to Lloyd Sam, who was calling the game, like, he identified this, and I, I'm stealing his take because it's so good, which is just like Kerwin Vargas was forced to play in this kind of 4-5-1 formation that we had as like yeah. almost a more of a wing back than a full wing. So, so is Vinny, like, by the way. Vinny his was runs well, were starting. Yeah, their runs are starting in, in our defensive third, and they have to go a long way to get into attacking position before then they can maybe do something with it. I don't know. Like Nuno Santos made a couple of nice runs through traffic for sure, and we can talk about that in a second, but uh, – just I don't know if we want those guys playing that hardcore back so regularly, especially against New York Red Bulls, who were a pressing team. I get it. So, like, you want to have, like, everyone ready to help out on the press for sure. A few extra bodies sh further back. I get it. But it's just like – Show us the 4-5-1. Show us the 4-5-1. Yeah, five, okay, one. yeah. Let's, screen, show, let's show get a little screen formation. share action. Yeah. And uh, um, here we go. Talk about it. This is – this was it, Danny. I mean, this is, uh, I, I wasn't surprised to see this after the match that there was a uh, Enzo Capetti lone striker formation because he mm -hmm. was, he was looking for balls over the top. He, he, he played fantastically when it came to hold up play. He was doing everything in the center of the pitch and Derek Jones had his back. I thought Derek Jones had a really nice, a nice game. Nuno Santos with a 7.3 rating. That's really strong. But either way, the reason why I asked you to bring this up, Danny. Yeah, with the L. The reason why I asked you to bring this up is because I just wanted to showcase exactly what you were talking about when it came to Kerwin Vargas on that left-hand side. He was more so in a wing-back position than he was a forward position. And same thing with uh, Oren McKenzie Gaines, the second uh, at the bottom of your screen. OMG, too. Uh, he was in that wide position as well. So you look at that situation, Danny, and you say to yourself, like, Enzo needs some support here. He can't just be by himself at the at the top of the pitch um whose heat map is that this is uh gains so i'm just yeah bringing up a couple heat maps here to uh illustrate the points and uh you see gains getting a few things done one the heat map i really want to bring up you mentioned his name and derrick jones has got it going on this right here uh, that where mouse is at is derrick jones Look at him. He's like in all four quadrants of the field. He's got red heat. He's just like making stuff happen all throughout the midfield. I, I think that's a really great one. Uh, what do you think? Who else do you, anybody else you want to see? You want to see Vargas's uh, heat map? As, as far sort as of illustrate heat... what we're talking about. Yeah, exactly. See, look, look, at look at how much red is behind halftime, uh, halfway line. Sorry for all the zoom in and out here. It's, it's, it's it not, work, it's but... not even about um, ha the halfway mark, Danny. It's about the width. It's about where he's spending his time. He's a wing back in that role. Mm -hmm. That's a wing back role that he's playing. And and Vinny Mello, when he came into his, um, when he when he came into the match as well in that that wing back role, 
it, it Here's was right side by side. Not, not far Look at enough Vinny's, up though. the pitch. It's not far enough up the pitch. It's not far enough inside that if you think about the pitch standing in three quadrants, right? Mm-hmm. You think about it, the wing, the central area, and the left area. He's exclusively in the right wing area of the pitch. There's no movement inside sure. the box. We need to get him up and inside the box to make an impact. And the same thing with Kerwin, Kerwin Vargas. Enzo Capetti is left on an island by himself with no support. He's just they're just bombing right. it at, at him. And 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 he's doing the best that he can, but he has no one around to make connecting passing to. And I think um Jorge Torres, Here's Enzo's map. Uh did a, did a nice job of calling out like, you know, um Nuno did a, a good job to replace Westwood, but I feel like not having the gym gemstone was impactful. And I think that's correct as far as like a, a connecting point of view. And Enzo's Enzo's heat map is is all over the place, right? He's doing yeah, hold up that's play right in there. all of those all of those areas of the pitch, right? He is effective everywhere in both corners. He's mm-hmm. a, he's got spots in the box. Those those really deep deeper orange like areas, Danny. Those are places where he had a really he, he had a really great game. So I led the show with Enzo, and I just wanted to point out that uh, this guy is doing exactly what the manager is asking him to do, and we just need to get the manager to maybe give him some support. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's, he has zero shots. He, uh, we don't like that, but he he was making accurate passes. Thirty six touches, maybe not enough. I think we maybe want to see that like a, a north side of fifty. He makes a key pass, and like the one thing that I'm really liking about Enzo, just to go back on him a little bit, is that uh, the uh, he plays well within a team concept. Like the all his quote his antics with the referees and all like that doesn't make him a bad teammate per se. It's a little annoying maybe to some mental you know some personalities, but like he works well with a team. He's trying to create passes. He's not like a selfish striker that's just like I want my goals, give me my goals. You know I'm standing in the box, get me the ball. Like he does want the ball, but he also thinks within a team concept well enough, and he makes key passes. He makes things happen. He kind of like sees his teammates around him. There's so much like I've never gonna like get mad at Enzo's game right at this point but uh you know I just want to see just a little more uh uh discernment and like thinking about like what if you're gonna yell at the referee what are you trying to get out of it and and where can you uh where where's it actually gonna help you that's all it's a it's a big conversation Danny and the reason why is because if you were there and if you kind of saw exactly what Enzo Capetti was doing every time the whistle was blown, you, you'd be very well aware that uh, he has a flair for the dramatic. I'm here to tell you, I love it. Um, I thought that Enzo Capetti was the heartbeat of Charlotte FC last night. I, I thought that without him at the, at the number nine position, I, I, I think this team would have been horrible. Um, How about our guy, Byron Ryan throwing up his, his take on Enzo here. Enzo's been a center forward too much, not a striker. If he doesn't play striker, you need someone there to do it, a la Joseph Martinez. Enzo could be that type of player. Let the other guys get you the ball. I mean, Oh, wait, we have that person on the team. We have that person on the team. We have that person. It's named, His name's Carol Svidersky. And that's the right. partnership. That's the partnership. Right. Carol Strike and Enzo need to be working uh, off of one another. And that's why I think um, the, the, the 4-4-2 could be the answer here. Like if 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 Christian Latanzio wants to have if if Christian Latanzio wants to have players wide, right? If if Latanzio wants to have mm-hmm. players wide, then do it with a four four two formation and have two players up top because you can't have Enzo on an island. 
in that four five one. He can't get totally anything agree. done in a four five one. We've been saying it. We've been saying it. Man. Four, look, five, one. look and look how deep he had to live. He had to just from the heat map, you know, he had to li- he had to live the whole time in that in that thing. And Latanzio, like he definitely like defended most of his decisions in his post-game press conference. You know, everyone was ripping on Burn. We can get to Burn and maybe maybe Maya Copa a little bit of some of the anger that I had against him last night <laughs> immediately the aftermath. <laughs> but um he uh he definitely Latanzio, one of his quote was something along the lines of, you know, Byrne had a great game. The 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 mistake will cloud people's reaction uh, to how he played, and that's unfortunate. But I thought he was the perfect guy to have in this role against Red Bulls for the way they play, and I'm I have no qualms about the decision to put him as a center back. So. How about this uh, comment from uh, Matthew Gleslin? Uh, fine to have Jalen and Alfa flying up the wings, but to John's point, you need Melo and Vargas and more of a central to play as a one two and breaking defenses with exactly like that's that's the point that i'm trying to make and i think matt brings up Mm -hmm. the great point is like other people are supposed to be doing that work on the wings in that in that formation like that's what your fullbacks are for you have Mm -hmm. four at the back and for some reason latanzio wants those fullbacks to play more centrally and i'm just like no man just just," and and it's because he wants cover i think potentially for his center backs who by the way we should get into the nathan byrne uh center back uh discussion it's time it's time yeah so what what was your what was your reaction when you saw that um, decision to start at center back and uh, is it something that you understood at the moment or uh, well I had heard that he had been practicing at center back I heard that like training uh, was going on uh, that he was uh, sort of trying to adapt to that role in training in the week uh, I heard that late in the week and so that kind of made me think that it could happen I, I didn't think that necessarily it would except I knew that. There weren't a whole ton of other options. I actually thought it was going to be DJ. I thought DJ would be the center back. Uh, and it turned out to be Burn. And I, I I don't think he played that. Like, in the immediate aftermath last night, I was like, man, Burn cost us again. The guy screwed us again, you know. And I was, like, thinking all this bad stuff. And then uh, I rewatched the game. I saw – and I, I read – I heard Latanzio defend him. So I was like, okay, let's watch this with new eyes. Obviously saw – you know, better comprehension. Let's say I was not, I was, uh, I was having a good time last night. Let's, let's put it for real, for sure. I was drinking on an empty stomach early in the afternoon. So it happened. Uh, but, uh, in the cold hard light of day with my hangover guilt that, uh, hit hard, you know, uh, I was, I started to think, uh, maybe I was harsh on burn, even mentally. Um, and he made some nice plays. He saved two, potential chances he cut off he cut off two potential chances uh, with nice slightly time slide tackles and good good brainy coverage he was communicating he was yelling at guys he was making himself like adapt to a role of center back and it's like Christian Fuchs was an outside back that went to the center back when he got a little older in his career and like it's a move that guys make for sure like a lot of times like a fullback someone who's been a fullback or a wingback their entire career as they get on the other side of 30 they might start to that transition to like Convert over to a center back. You never know. So uh, I don't think that's his long-term destiny necessarily for this club. But I think what Latanzio, if I'm trying to put myself in CL Laddie Daddy's head of like why he said that quote about Burn being having the perfect things to go for Red Bulls, and it's just because with the Red Bull pressure and the way they like are always trying to press, 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 it helps to have some brains in there. You know, you got like Melanda, who's a kid. You got Lindsay, who's a kid. You know, like, let's put some veteran brains with this squad. As much as I think Sobachinsky could have been maybe a little bit of better 
pure center back in that role or whatever like that, you can't put like three 20 year olds, you know, on your back line either against a team that does the high press. So I don't know. Uh, oh, they did have old man Affle, obviously, and he wore the captain's armband. And shout out to Harrison Affle, who showed up uh, with great acclaim today at the uh, Crown Legacy inaugural match. That was really fun. Maybe we can get into that in a few, uh, a little bit later. But uh, uh, yeah, the backline issues. I, I get why Byrne was in there. I'm not too mad at him. He made the big mistake. And and the, I did think it was a foul, and I still think it's a foul. You're right. It bounced off of the the attacker, Elias Manuel, but uh and that and Manuel is like a lot bigger than him. So it's just it's not it's not that's you know, sometimes you they did repeatedly comment like, oh, he looks small for a center back out there, Affle, the TV crew, but like I don't know. Uh I'm just rambling here at this point. What do you think? <laughs> <laughs> First thing is first is like I, I, the first thing I think is that you were at the Crown Legacy match today. I do want to hear about that, and we will talk mm-hmm. about that. Um, but this the second thing I think about Nathan Byrne is that he's somebody that was put in that position because of the press, right? He mm-hmm. he was put there to just like move the ball around. He was put there to have possession and be able to. Um, break out of the Red Bull press. I, I I think if if Charlotte FC played anybody else in MLS on Saturday, he wouldn't have started at center back. Agreed. And Agreed. that's that's why that first half was so boring because Nathan Byrne was just passing it around the back half, and mm-hmm. you can't blame him for that. But there's but progressive passing is something that you can talk about. And we've got a, we've got a ton of comments coming. I want to get to them. Um, sure. <clears throat> you know, and I think and, and Geslin comes back and he says DJ is built for a center uh, is a center back, and I, and I don't disagree with that. Um, um, and, and we've got, uh, Keenan McDonald checking in says those, those inverted fullbacks don't suit the squad. And, uh, that, that is, um, that's something that for, for some reason we keep see, we keep seeing on the pitch is like these Harrison, when I see, when I see Harrison awful in a place that is dangerous, he's like inverted in the channel Mm-hmm. With the ball moving forward, he's not wide looking for something uh, to whip into the box. Like he's he's and he's not making anything happen there. And Jalen Lindsay on the other side of the pitch. I mean, let let's take the backline issues topic bar down here, Danny, because that I've got no issue with Jalen Lindsay. You got no, okay, okay. We'll take it down. the The banner is off. Yeah, because I got Jaylen no issues Lindsay, with Jalen. Yeah, Jalen's playing except great. for maybe the yeah. header that he tried towards the end of the match. You got no issue with that. Well, it was a big chance he he didn't capitalize on, but he also plays right back. He, he's not a you know striker, so it's like that's true. When when you're when you're right back uh, has that golden opportunity and doesn't come through with it, um, you wish that it was your striker in that position instead. We go back to these heat maps. You look Affle. You see you talk about the channels there. He, I mean, he's got he's got a pretty nice red dot there, right on on the center circle. Right here's Burn. You know, Burn playing mostly in this sort of a cleanup role, getting a lot of stuff done. Unfortunately, that one little spot right there. Where he yeah, went that is a, is a bad one. Yeah, he stayed home. And look how deep Jalen got. I mean, Jalen was making runs. Oh, there was look time. at him. He, oh, he was great. He was pressing so was far he? into the corner there. Danny, mm-hmm. you see how he you, know, you see that red spot deep in the opponent's yeah, third? I see it. That, I, I'm staring he, at it, oh, man. Yeah. It's unbelievable how how good he was down the light right hand side. And mm-hmm. it's just so nice to see this map to just kind of prove what 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 i was seeing right in front of my face because i sit right about there between the 18 yard box and the uh the halfway line 
Um, so I, so I've got a really nice view of what he was doing in that second half. And that was, and he was interchanging. It was him and Vinny Mello down that right-hand side. But the reason why you see that deep red in the, in the, in the corner is because he was willing to press. There was a moment where I get up out of my seat and I just gave him a round of applause because I his press. I love was, when you do this. It was You've, unbelievable. You've told me about moments like that before where you just like stand up, even if nobody else in the section is standing up and you just like, you just give the standing applause in the club level, which I love to see. You know, Jalen Lindsay was 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 phenomenal, was was absolutely phenomenal on Saturday. It's it's how do you feel about him getting two good uh two good games under his belt? He's he's going to go into this weekend as the uh as the the starter again. You think? Uh, against Toronto, yeah, I think so. I don't see any reason to take him out at this point. I I think he's better in this role than Byrne has been still. So um, we'll see if Byrne – I think it's back to the bench for Byrne at this point. Despite you know Latanzio saying he played a good game center back, I don't think. I think Toronto is actually a team that threatens more on the wings with Bernadeschi. I'm not sure if they'll have Insigne. Uh, they do have Jonathan Osorio who can get stuff done in the middle and Michael Bradley's, you know, the ghost of Michael Bradley, as I joked last year before they destroyed us. Uh, it's not quite the same attack as Red Bull. And I think we'd probably be better suited to just really have a short up wing defense uh, like the like our fullbacks. I think we need Lindsay and Affle there. Affle played really good defense. Affle is so funny, man. He's like, uh, they called him. Uh, they said teammates have been started calling him Benjamin Button on the uh, on the on the squad because he's just as old. You know, he's the old guy on the squad in one level, but he just he's right. getting younger and he gets he's getting faster and more resilient. He's got he's got a little bit of Diego Chara in him for sure in terms of just like being able to still can get get it done in MLS for a long time at a high level. So. Uh, I don't know. Um, I don't know where to go with it, but I think that I, I, uh, it, Lindsay just, has to play. Lindsay has to play for me, for sure. It's not even. Here's the deal, though. Here is the deal. I do have to say, I do take a little bit of issue. Lindsay made a couple of mistakes in his. He needs to get a little bit more instinctive, I think, in his offense. There was a spot where early in the match where a ball came, and he did a really good job chasing it down the line against two defenders that were trying to cut him off from it but he fired like a weak shot at the goalkeeper instead of spotting Nuno Santos for a really nice pullback uh, in a dangerous spot in the box. He was wide open. He missed mm -hmm. that pass. And then he had the, the missed header. And then he also, this isn't really his fault. He made, he showed, he showed a nice run for, for Bronico uh, when uh, Nuno had made this beautiful pass, you know, first time pass, uh, I think in the 77th minute, if people are uh, remember the time he, and Bronico probably should have passed it to him. And, I, I, you know, Lindsay, he didn't, you know, there were a couple of spots of offensive as execution. He didn't like go get the ball in that case, I guess would be, would have been my issue, but uh, I don't know. I, I, I love the kid. He should, he should keep playing. He was side note. He went to my daughter's school this past week for a, uh, for a Charlotte FC pep rally. They were having at uh, at one of the fine CMS institutions. And uh, my daughter said, Oh yeah, he was cool. I guess. And I was like, oh, come on. Like, you know, how was it awesome to have a Charlotte SE for talking to you? And she goes, yeah, he's a little long winded. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go. That's what the kids are saying. I, I want to ask you this question from, from uh, one of our, our viewers right now uh, on YouTube. Appreciate you checking us out here. Make sure you check us out uh, on Twitter as well at Fourth the Crown, baby. Um, Curtis Dorian, he says, do we see a, a role for Uzviak moving forward? Uh, seems to be losing ground as an option on the wing. Give him a look at outside back. Look for a sale. Uh, I think this question's right up your alley, Danny. Well, I think he definitely has a role on this team. And if you go to our Twitter handle 
at for the crown baby on uh, the old bird website, you will see a video that I posted from my rewatch of, of uh, uh, good, uh, just playing the tough guy enforcer role. Uh, when, uh, Copetti shoved John Tolkien out of bounds, and then Tolkien threw the ball at, at Copetti's head. And, uh, Yusviak was doing like his subs warm up down at the corner flag and back. So he just happened to be in the area and he kind of like bodyguarded. He was the new bouncer basically. And he like shoved, uh, shoved Tolkien away. And then he like pointed at him and he's like, I got, I'm watching you. I'm watching you. It's so funny. So go check out that video. If you really want to see what I think uh, that Yusviak could best be used. Uh, but yeah, it's, it's, you can see it's a, it's a theme in the comments. Can't here's Brian Ryan again. Can't really sell Yusviak at this point. Uh, you know, Yuzvi and Shinya only off the bench at this point, so I, I don't know. Uh, I, you know. We all love Yuzvi, like here, but then of course there is the dissenting opinions. Reasonable minds can disagree. We know that Matt Barbie, the uh, unapologetic Yuzvi act stand, is gonna is gonna fight the good fight. If we let Matt have uh, free reign, he will never let this go. He much like Camille is the Polish bulldog. Matt is the Camille defending bulldog on the on the, the social media world. It's so fun to watch. Uh, how he will always make sure to get the last word and just the conversation can never die. It's pretty funny. So shout out to you, Matt. We've been live for almost a half an hour now. I feel like we're having a, a great time on the, on the feed tonight. Appreciate y'all being here on YouTube. Uh, you can get this wherever you listen to podcasts as well. If you missed every, anything. And um, one thing I want to do, Danny, before we get out of here is get your thoughts on the, the crown uh, legacy today at sure. Matthews and Want to talk about your experience? Uh, it was a two-two draw, as as well. Um, I, I saw full time. Yeah. Uh, tell me, tell me, tell me about draw. the match. Two-two draw with just absolute scenes at the end. The uh, the I'll skip to the the key dramatic point, which was just that uh, the the uh, Crown Legacy scored a stoppage time equalizer. Stoppage time equalizer when all had seemed lost uh, just moments before, especially because. Patrick Ajimong had just blown a huge chance that he could have tied it a few minutes earlier. And then uh, our boy Nick, uh, Nick uh, Scardina is a uh, from out there in Oregon. He's a uh, he balled it out uh, and finished a, off a great goal to tie. I saw it. the so highlight the rule, of that. Yeah, the rule in uh, MLS Next Pro is that they go straight to a shootout. So I think a shootout loss still gives you a point in the table. So you get the point for your draw, but the you have a chance to get three points via a shootout. So uh, kind of cool. Um, and then you would get zero if you just lost in regulation. So we got to stick around for a shootout. It was a really cool scene. It was back back at the Sportsplex. Like I used to go watch Independence games at, at the Sportsplex before they moved to Memorial Stadium uptown, which I support the move because I, I love Memorial Stadium. But Matthew Sportsplex is not bad. It's a, a good place to go watch a game. Total fun, like family atmosphere. Like Sunday afternoon take your family after church, take them out to the crown legacies type game. You can get really close. You can sit front row easily with no uh, issues. You know, uh, the only issue would be like all the kids, like hanging over the rails, maybe like blocking your view and a few angles of, of flags being waving that might block your view because again, all this, a lot of supporters showed up. People from all the SGs were there. Uh, people chanting, you know, all your, Char all your Charlotte FC celebrities were in the house, as they say, except for a few probably. Uh, but the real celebrities were that the the players on the field, they that we fielded a squad full of like first teamers, pretty much. I think that was partially specially done for the uh, inaugural game aspect of it. I don't think like Bender 
and I think Hagar probably has a chance to get some minutes for sure. But even Hagar, I don't think is going to spend a ton of time playing for crown legacy. I don't think, but to have those guys like on the pitch, like, you know, new short haired bender making all the girls swoon out there for sure. Like it was pretty funny. And uh, Hagar just, I love Hagar. I just really love Hagar. I love watching him play. And so like he was all the action. He picked up an early yellow card. He was like, just like making it happen and you know, trying back heels and stuff like that. It, it took me back to watching him play for independence last year when he dominated USL one. And so watching those two guys was fun. Uh, so Bachinski was in Hamidi. D- this is my first chance to see Hamidi Diop. This is my first chance to see uh, some of these drafts that we got. It was really cool. Ajumong is like huge. He's like, so just like tall. He still looks young. Like you can tell when you look at his face that he's young, but it's like so funny. Like just how, large this guy does a sticker and like he bully balled a few times he uh he drew the penalty with a pass he passed it and 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 uh defenders had to slide like to cut off his dangerous pass and accidentally handballed so uh he he was making stuff happen in the box he like bully balled really late i mentioned earlier like he just stole the ball off of a, a fullback and just like won one with the keeper and unfortunately took the wrong option and didn't off the uh then armor came in brian romero came in and and i'm missing other guys uh but uh privet was the captain as a center defensive mid another youngster that we we picked up and just like it was cool to see like guys getting minutes and i don't unfortunately armor didn't look that good armor had a little bit of a rough go but he kind of like he took a knock early and was like holding his leg and like and it was kind of like a ooh, is he i hope he's okay again moment thankfully they're on real grass so I don't know how the sportsplex can have real grass, but uh, but Bank of America Stadium can't. But that you know, who what can I say? I guess they're managing their their uh, lawn care budgets a little better out there in Matthews than they are uptown. So I don't know. It was it was just a really good time, man. It was cool to watch all these guys playing. Romero was dangerous. Romero like liked to do some things. Uh, uh, Brandon Cambridge, that's another. Brandon Cambridge scored the penalty, and like he was like really dangerous on the wing. I mentioned Scardina. He was like a. a, a right back vocal jack neely the south mecklenburg high school product who just signed like a week and a half race back for it sends it forward headed on scardina puts it home nick scardina the late hero for crown legacy and we're tied at two apiece. Dude. You mentioned, you mentioned Scardina. Leaner. That was him. Long leaner, Vincent the cleaner. I'm the illest motherfucker from here to Scardina, dude. That's a Beastie Boy lyric uh, from So What You Want that uh, it just always lives in my head. And when I saw this kid's name, Scardina, I was like, oh, my gosh. So, yeah. And then he scores the equalizing goal. It was scenes, man. It was like limbs, as they say uh, in jolly old England. Like it was a freaking good time. People were going nuts. Uh, it was that feeling like this is like you watch Charlotte FC play and you have a good time. And it's great to see MLS at this and like the game, American game of soccer played at this like such a high level in a huge stadium. But man, like when you want to feed your soccer soul, you just like go to uh, Independence or Crown Legacy and just like. Uh, go see the Char- University of Charlotte 49ers play if you want to meet the next B- Brant Bronico. I don't know, but just like it's fun to like watch a great dramatic soccer game. It sucked to lose the shootout in six rounds. Armor had a chance really to c- sort of put us in the driver's seat and he went over the bar. So that sucked. But uh, uh, what can I say? 
It was a great day. <laughs> yeah, that, that's day. brutal. I, I don't I don't take the shootout stuff seriously. I don't even like consider it a, a it's a two two draw for you. We got a point. It's yeah. a it's a one point <laughs> Sunday. Yeah, 100%. absolutely yeah. right. One point Sunday and, and shout out to the independents, by the way. And uh, a great win on the on the road at the South Georgia Tormenta. Avenged last year's uh, playoff Saturday loss. Night. Exactly. Yeah. They uh, they won the championship last year, so they go down there on the road. They get their first three points of the year on the road at South Georgia on Saturday night. It was nice to, to see that. I actually, uh, after the match at the Keep on Saturday, I took the walk all the way back to Parlor Room and uh, got to Parlor Room and got to see the Independence uh uh, take care of business in the last 10 minutes. Austin Pack came up with some good saves. And, um, you know, it was, it was one of those things where it's like, you know, last week, last weekend, the uh, the independents got one point and Charlotte FC picked up the slack, got us to four. And this mm-hmm. weekend, uh, Charlotte FC got the draw and then the independents made sure that they got the three. So I, I, I'm here to say anything better than three points on a single day for, for both of those squads is good in my book. And then uh, when it comes to the shootout, I don't know how many points gets involved there. Is there points involved after the shootout? Do you get any points if you lose the you shootout? You get one, yeah, yeah. You get one point, yeah. So you you get one point uh, for a shootout loss and three points for a shootout win, as I understand it, and zero Ooh, three, for a regular regular yeah, time loss. Th- three points for a shootout win sounds like a uh, maybe it's only two. Maybe it's only two. I'm not sure. I'm not I could be wrong about that. Yeah. Forget share the three, yeah. two and one. Share the three, two and one. That doesn't. Maybe that doesn't, that's it. Yeah, that could that, be it. To I, be honest, I, I, they didn't yeah. explain that at the uh, thing. I didn't even know that that uh, Legacy still got a point until I saw later. Like I saw something after I got home on on the internet that said, you know, we we save a point despite you know whatever. So Scardina saved a point. That's all I'm going to say. Scardina saved a point, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, speaking of points, uh, Geslin's uh, uh, you okay. Know, uh, Matthew Barbie says only two points. Thank you, then. Matt. That makes sense. Uh, Share the three. Thanks for clearing that up for us. Matthew Geslin as well. Good, great. Five out of nine um, on on the weekend. Not not terrible. Could have easily been six or seven. And um, it emphasizes yeah. the. Um, That's a winning record. Five out of nine. The point. So yeah. So I hope everyone shout out Brandon Davis shoot. also, who's a great Tifos, yeah. who yeah. also. Is, I, yeah. I hope everybody. We t- the Tifos the, take care of us, baby. Like we don't know if it's three or two. That we got that's where we keep these folks around because they're so yeah. such great people. Help us out. Thank you. Yeah. It's the Charlotte Soccer Show. I'm John Hayes. He's Danny Brams. It's uh it's been it's been a fun Sunday evening. Uh, it's been it's been great seeing you, Danny. Always nice hanging out with you after a match day on Saturday. And we've got a big week ahead and, and a big match. Um, and we're gonna talk about it on um the show this week. We're gonna preview the match this weekend against Toronto. Uh Thirsty Thursday at EPR. It's it's an away day, Danny. I, I you know it's tough to go north of the border. Um, yeah. And to this point, just just off the top of my head, it doesn't feel like I don't think Charlotte FC has gotten any, and it's still no points no, north of the border. We, we got waxed by Montreal and Toronto last year up there. Yeah. Yeah. So, La- so remember, we sent like the skeleton crew to Montreal, and like no, nobody like. All the great oh, yeah. vaccinated population yeah. couldn't couldn't uh, handle the rules, I guess. Uh, so that's my point. We're still we're still looking for our, our first points uh, north of the border. So we'll we'll talk about that later this week. Let's uh, get we'll them. Answer some TFOS questions. Uh, thanks to all of you who have been commenting during the show this evening. Yes. Appreciate you having some fun with us on a Sunday evening. We'll make sure that we do this again. I really enjoyed it. As always, man, and it's for the crown, baby. <laughs> <laughs>